from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Education in Java on the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back to Education in Dava here on the airwaves of The Voice of the Cape. Well, if you have just joined us, uh, good to be back in studio. That is Yasir and myself uh, with a program called Education in Dava, where we are taking your calls and our, uh, well, not your calls really, but our, your, your SMSs and your WhatsApp messages. Um, this around the issue of the reopening of schools. And once again, as we said, we do apologize. There's quite a number of messages and Alhamdulillah, we're trying to get through them uh, as many as we possibly can. Now, there's one here from 47. Two nine. It says, "Assalamu alaikum." I feel teachers have the right to life. I feel it's being unfair towards teachers to risk their lives and the lives of the children and their families. How many teachers that are high risk, i.e., teachers with diabetes, heart disease, and other medical problems? How many children would be put at risk for contracting the virus if they were to travel to and from school via public transport? I feel this is unfair and totally inconsiderate. There is no guarantee that. All the schools can be helped. A better and safer alternative would be to allow the school children to be homeschooled. Teachers can send daily work tasks and homework using special apps or via WhatsApp or online teaching, and studies can be conducted as before when lockdown was first implemented. I feel it is unfair toward teachers to risk their lives with about schools that have 40 learners in a class. Well, that's another point, yes. I mean, you know, our classrooms are Accommodate forty odd uh, learners in a classroom. Let me just check both with Anasir. But Anasir, is there a call on the line? Assalamu. Uh, Okay, sorry, I'm, I got a bit confused there. Uh, we've got our next guest on the line, and that is Mr. Tony Marshall, who is the Deputy Provincial Manager at FEDSAS. And as we said, we're going to be chatting about the retrenchment of school governing body teachers during COVID-19 uh, period. Tony, a very good evening to you, and welcome to the airwaves of The Voice of the Cape. Thank you very much, Ridwan, and thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it, and you sound particularly well. <laughs> thanks very much, Tony, and uh, I can say likewise. Uh, and thanks, uh, you know, when they asked, I suggested that uh, this would be an interesting discussion, although we do not have much time. So let's get straight into it, Tony, uh, or Mr. Marshall. You know, what we're finding is that a lot of schools, particularly, you know, with school governing body employees and particularly our educators, for example, and non-teaching staff, alike uh, there's this whole issue of retrenchment as a result of COVID-19 but particularly for example where schools have been closed for three months and parents have not been paying school fees uh, what is your opening remark on that one it's an absolute absolute terrible situation that governing bodies find themselves in because no governing body wants to diminish the value proposition that they have at their schools it would mean if they can't pay their people, that that value proposition goes down. In other words, everything that calls youngsters to that school would be compromised because we're putting people out of work. And that also is a terrible thing, not only for that school, for that teacher, but for the family of the teacher. So it's an absolute disaster. We have a way of dealing with this. And we must look at that in detail. Uh, Ridwan, please call me, Tony. Um, the, the most important thing to do is to bear in mind that if people are not paying their school fees, the school cannot 
pay salaries unless they've got very deep pockets. And there are very few schools that have reserves that they can dip into. Mm-hmm. And Natalie, what about, for example, you know, some of our parents, obviously, you know, also may be suffering as a result of COVID-19, uh, having to be unemployed, and now they find themselves unable to pay the school fees. You know, would there be some sort of relief for these parents? Indeed, indeed. Every sensible governing body will have communicated and communicated and communicated with its people, with its family. Because eventually it's a school family, it's a school community, would have communicated with them and said, if you find yourself in trouble, please approach us so that we know what to do. That then gives them a way of doing things. Now, there are three things that I just want to briefly say. Most governing bodies will have had to have changed their constitution in order to to allow them to make binding decisions via Zoom. In other words, not a face-to-face or some other uh, uh, virtual meeting. So that's critical. They would have had to have changed the Constitution. Secondly, they would have had to have empowered the um, treasurer and various other people to do the necessary in order to make the payments. But most importantly, the governing body, knowing what its budget is, would have to reallocate elements of the budget. So, for instance, water and lights can be reallocated to salaries but you need to be able to do that online and now if you can get a permit from your principal you can have a face-to-face with the distancing and all of that Uh, probably the most important thing about the government is that they don't want people to lose jobs and certainly from FEDSA's point of view there's no question hold on to your staff hold on to your staff they are the people that run your school they are what makes your value proposition the value Mm. proposition now let's get back to this the TERS opportunity every governing body can apply via um, labor.gov it's very easy apply online send them an email you don't even have to put any information in the email send them an email on the on the on the uh, uh, on the government labor.gov website and they send you back all the documents that are required for you to fill in and then whether or not you've had an UIF uh, uh, Um, payment for your staff you can still pay for TERS and TERS stands for temporary employer employee relief system TERS and that TERS is absolutely critical to hold on to your staff they don't they don't pay them their full salary they don't it's unfortunate they pay about 38 percent but it means that in essence you can hold on to your staff and Ridwan uh, we, we owe it to each other in this time to think differently, to really think differently about how we can help each other as a community. Mm-hmm. And a school is par excellence. A school is a community that's got to look after its 
its own people. Thanks for that, Tony. Let me just check with Yasira, maybe if she has a question. But uh, before Yasira Hello, goes... Yasira. Hi, Hello, Tony. Yasira. How are you doing? What a joy to speak to you. <laughs> Always a joy speaking to you, Yasira, Tony. just before you go, there's a message here from 4956. It says, Assalamu alaikum. Is it necessary to fill in this indemnity forms? Now, this is the indemnity forms. We've been informed, you know, that parents now have to fill in to say that they indemnify the school and the department against any liability should the child, for example, um, contract the coronavirus. Our information is that it is not a legal document, but we'll probably get to hear from either Tony or from Monet, uh, who's up next, uh, around that one. But I also want to read the following one, which is very important, from 3433. It says, can unions please come into the studios? Mr. Marshall is talking now, and I am listening. <laughs> so, Tony, I just thought I'd throw that one in there. I yes, would just stop them and say <laughs> I'm representing no union. I'm representing FEDSAS, mm-hmm. which is a governing body organization, which is there to help with governing body processes. Thanks. That's what we're doing. Thanks. So please, and coincidentally, Ridwan, allow me just to say that you can welcome, you're welcome to give people my number and my email address as well, and they can contact us. We, we have a flat rate of 2,000 Rand a year, and they become part of us. They have access to our website. They have access to our training. They have access to the six of us. Um, some, some of you will know Dani van Veek and, and Henry Boerta and various other people who are all part of the Fitzgerald family. We're, we'd love to help. Because really, this is a time when everybody's got to stand together and say, all right, now, how do we make this work for everybody? Now, I want to make two quick points, uh, Ridwan, if I may. First of all, we've got to bear in mind that teachers can be replaced if they are ill. But we must never sacrifice the youngsters for the older generation. This sounds, this sounds harsh. And I don't mean it to be harsh, but we have to get our youngsters ready for a new world. The way in which the vast majority of us are going to be dealing with this virus is to do well. If anything, the government has been extremely good at putting the fear of everything into us. <laughs> but if we look at, if we look at um, the, the, the uh, recovery rates, It's remarkable. Now, I'm not saying let's diminish the problem. And that's one of the problems that schools are facing, you know, that people eventually become comfortable and then aren't doing the social distancing, the sanitizing, the washing of hands and so on. I mean, I've seen videos of kids hugging and kissing and carrying on. (laughs) But that's what kids do. They'll be okay. Tony, can I just say, my apologies, a follow-up message from 3433 says they acknowledge they know it's Mr. Marshall of the Governing Body uh, Association. No, 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 FEDSAS. FEDSAS, yes, uh, with Governing Bodies talking now. So, okay, so that one is sorted there. Thank you. Now, just on the, uh, speaking about Governing Bodies now, we understand the situation, school Governing Body employees, um, we know that in some schools, um, some employees have been retrenched, in others, they are being asked to take a cut in salary for example, in some cases 30%, in other cases we've heard a 40% cut in salary. Um, you know, what is your advice or, or, or sentiment that you can express around can school governing bodies or what other ways can they compensate those teachers uh, in their employee? Ridwan, there, there are a couple of things that one has to take into consideration. First of all, 
you want to keep the job because if you um, if you have to retrench someone within a year, if you have another job, you've got to bring them back. That's the first thing. The second thing that you've got to take into consideration is that you can't decide Johnny's going to go, but we're going to keep Mary. You're going to have to do an entire process. It's a complex process so that you don't end up at the CCMA or you don't end up at the LRC if you're a government. But you don't want to end up at the CCMA because the CCMA will find, will find some loophole for fining you unless you go and do it very, very carefully. We're happy to help with that process. The bottom line, though, is see whether you can repurpose your staff. So let's, for instance, say you're in that lucky position of you've got someone who's, who's helping with the grade R's, and the grade R's aren't there yet. Then, for heaven's sake, help that, uh, get that person to help with, for instance, the screening of kids, to help with um, the cleaning and sanitizing, to help with the... the um, temperature taking, to help with distancing uh, during breaks. And let, let me just say something quite important here. Our schools have got to make provision for kids to get outside of the class, take off the masks and breathe. That's the best practice that we've had at, at all the schools. Remember, Ridwan, we've got more than 500. We've got more than 540 schools in the Western Cape. Um, the critical thing is the kids can't sit with a mask all the time because as soon as they do that, they're going to get the CO2 headache. And as soon as they do that, then they start becoming listless and your discipline problems start. So very, very importantly, use repurpose stuff. Repurpose. You need more people on hand. Help them, help them, help them. Second thing, if you do have people with comorbidities, get them to work from home in some way. The WhatsApp uh, um, apps that they can use, there are various, um, and, and by the way, schools can ask to establish a website and then have it zero rated for, for data. These are the things that we want people to do so that people can work from home. They can video themselves at home, make sure that the video, even if it's on a stick, gets to the school and the school can use it. But don't lay people off. Please don't lay people off. Yes, we've heard of people taking a 60% salary cut, Ridwan, and it's absolutely desperate if that person is the sole breadwinner. Mm -hmm. That really is bad. But don't lay people off. Rather go through a process of repurposing them. And of course, in a school, you can do that. There's no reason why um, the colleague who has a comorbidity and is at home isn't doing the marking, for instance, for some of the staff who are at work, you know, physically at work. So, We've Tony, got just a to quick be question. Creative, and I'm so proud, really, Ridwan, as an ex teacher, I'm so proud of the creativity that you find everywhere in our system at the moment. It's mm. marvellous and I'm very proud of our people. This is one question quickly from one of our listeners from 0022. It says, Thank you, Mr. Marshall. What, however, do we do if the staff member you refer to says it is not part of my job description? Um, then let's look at it in two ways. First of all, if it's a government employee, then I'm afraid you're going to have to say, I beg your pardon, get your union in here so that we can talk <laughs> some sense into you. Yeah. If it's the other person, 
Sorry, read one. No problem. If it's, if it's a person who is a governing body employee, then you've got to say, well, I'm afraid you're now putting yourself on very thin ice. Part of the, of the, the repurposing of your process and your contract is to keep you on board. If you prefer not to do that, then I'm afraid the CCMA will have no, no qualms at all about saying that you want to be retrenched. So it's very simple. Um, everybody's got to do their bit to make this work. Mm-hmm. And someone who says, no, I won't, or no, I can't, or no, or this or that, uh, train them, train them. But you can't train someone for a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. Tony, thanks very much. Uh, just to remind our listeners, we are chatting to Mr. Tony Marshall, who is the Deputy Provincial Manager for FedSAS. Maybe just you, you indicated earlier, uh, Tony, that you know, uh, you're know you going to give you or share your, uh, your contact details and that people are actually welcome to make contact with you. Maybe just an opportunity to do that now very quickly before we cl- uh, conclude. Thank you very much. It's 081-015-7065. I'll repeat that. Okay. 81 081- Zero one five seven zero seven three. They're welcome to contact me. Um, FedSAS has this has this thing that it says: if you can't reply within twenty four hours, you're not doing your job properly. So, <laughs> so we also are trying to do our job properly. And um, Ridwan, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to a wider audience, and also to say. Thank you for what you guys are doing about making education understood. It is a tremendous job that you're doing. And thank you to your community also for being so sensible. Uh, we, are, we are really in this together and we're going to make it work. Okay, thanks very much, uh, Tony. It's always good to have you uh, on the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape, particularly on education in Daba. And uh, in your new role there as Deputy Provincial Manager at FEDSAS, we wish you everything all the best. And on that note, a very good evening. And Thank we you very much. And bye, Yasira. Lovely chatting. Yasira? No, yeah, she wasn't. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Okay. I look forward to see you again, Tony. Okay. Stay the, well. Stay well, well, everybody. Thank you very much, much Ridwan. A very good evening to you, Tony. On that, we will continue with the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Live from Cape Town, this is The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM.